GM, I'm Matthew Diemer, and this is GM from Decrypt. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. As you can hear, I hope you can hear, we are back in Studio Deemer, back in Ohio. I just love recording here. Everywhere else just makes me feel a little uncomfortable. But that's the good thing about being a podcaster is you can basically go anywhere and still do your job. As long as there's some internet, we'll be okay. I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, but I made an announcement on Twitter. I will be leaving the podcast at the end of this week. The Decrypt Daily, the daily news form, short form podcast is no longer. However, GM will still be here. It's going down to two days a week, hosted by... A variety of casts from Decrypt. So like that bottle of Lagavulin 16 that you have there that only has one pour left, pour it in your glass and savor it. Savor these last four days until we depart. But it's not goodbye. It's goodbye here, but it's not goodbye. I'm going to be starting a new venture. I'll be starting a YouTube shorts, TikTok podcast, still daily news, but we're going to call it Today in Web 3. You can actually start following us on YouTube. We have a couple videos up there. We're just trying to get operations down, trying to get the lighting, the color, the style right. But I'm going to start making videos about the whole Web3 space. That includes crypto, blockchain, AI, automated driving, anything that touches the internet. And that's going to be the future of the internet. I will be making a show about. So let's enjoy these last four days together. Remember, GM will still be here two days a week. And you can go check me out and today in Web3, and I'll be there starting next week, every day. Now, let's see today's crypto prices. And the time is 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $22,358, down 0.4% in 24 or 4.5% in 7. Ethereum's at $1,568, also down 0.4% in 24. Tether's number 3, Binance is at 286, pretty much even from yesterday. And USDC is number 5, rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, which is up 2.5%. Cardano, Matic is up 1.3% at 114. Dogecoin is number 9, and BUSD is number 10. The total market cap is sitting down about half percent in 24, it's at 1.02 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 42.4 and F dominance of 18.8. Moving into the reason why we are all here, the news, today's headlines. There's an army of professionals working on the FTX bankruptcy case, and they are sure as hell not going bankrupt because they just billed for the month of January $38 million. Who's billing that much money, you might ask? Well, a law firm, Sullivan and Cromwell, they got hired as counsel and they billed for 14,569 hours for January, or $16.8 million. 
Quinn Emanuel Euchre and Sullivan build around 1.4 million. And Landy's Wrath and Comb build 663,000. The second largest invoice came from Alvarez and Marcel, and they build $12.3 million. And investment bank Perella Weinberg Partners build their retainer of $450,000. Now I know you're asking, how much did John J. Ray, the CEO, get paid? Well, he just collected $305,565 for his work for the month of February. And if he was working a 40-hour work week, that comes out to $1,900 an hour. The White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, said that the White House is aware of the situation regarding the troubled crypto bank Silvergate, and they're going to continue monitoring the reports. She said, and quote, It's obviously only the latest company in the cryptocurrency field to experience significant issues. And in a I told you so statement, she noted that President Joe Biden has repeatedly called on Congress to take action to protect everyday Americans from the risk posed by digital assets. Many of the largest firms are cutting ties with Silvergate, and these firms include Crypto.com, Coinbase, Gemini, Bitstamp. Also, just breaking today, Dapper Labs is no longer processing ACH payments due to Silvergate's situation. Silvergate, back in the peak of this crypto bull, well, the last crypto bull, November of 2021, their stock reached $219.75. If you huddled it till today, it's now trading at $5.41. This is one time, and this is not financial advice, that I would definitely not BTFD. One of the biggest stories in the crypto space, the NFT space, let me correct that, the NFT space has been this 12-fold NFT collection. It's a 12 by 12 grid that's going to be on the Bitcoin network, not Ethereum, not Solana, not Polygon. It's going to be Bitcoin. It was made for the Bitcoin Ordinals NFTs. It was made by Yuga Labs, and Yuga Labs obviously is the owner and creator of Board Ape Yacht Club, Mutant Ape, and so on. Well, starting Sunday, 288 of these NFTs went up for auction. And during that 24-hour period, around $16.5 million in Bitcoin came in to buy these 288 NFTs. The highest bid was around 7.1159 Bitcoin, or around $159,500. The lowest successful bid was around 2.2501 Bitcoin, or just over $50,000. <laughs> when I told you I'm probably not going to have enough money to buy one of these. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was woefully, woefully mistaken. I have absolutely no chance to buy these. <laughs> if you picked one up, let me know, Matthew, at Crypt.co. So now I know you're wondering, what happens to the last 12 pieces of the 300 limited series NFTs? Well, they're being held for distribution as part of Yuga's philanthropic programs. This whole process has been controversial, as we spoke about yesterday. Casey Rodemore, the creator of Bitcoin Ordinals, blasted Yuga for creating such a bidding process, arguing that it legitimizes a process that could easily be manipulated by nefarious project creators to steal funds from bidders. So what is he talking about? Well, here's the way that you did it, according to yesterday's articles. You would bid on the project, on the NFT that you wanted, 
and send them Bitcoin. And then if you didn't win that bid and somebody else outbid you, they would send that Bitcoin back. This is literally what we always tell people to stay away from. You see these Twitter scams coming from Elon Musk and Joe Biden or whatever. Send me one Bitcoin and I'll send you back two. And we say, don't you ever, ever, ever send anybody any cryptocurrency for any reason in the hopes they'll send you more back or even the same amount back or hold it for you. Not your keys, not your cheese. You, you have to keep your Bitcoin. You have to clutch them like the pearls. Well, this basically now confuses the whole space. Is this legitimate? Can other companies come out here and do the same and say, no, we're just doing the same thing as Yuga Labs. Send me your Bitcoin and then run off your funds. <laughs> Makes it pretty easy, doesn't it? Casey tweeted this. If I, personally, Casey Rodimore, ever see you, Yuga Labs, the entity, fuck around with this degenerate bullshit again, I will wash my hands of you forever and encourage others, including those close to me, to do the same. Get fucked, you highly regarded morons. <laughs> he sounds a little angry. And I understand why. I would be absolutely furious. Actually, I am furious because they did this. And this is the problem with a lot of these companies. Is people in these companies, they have a lot of marketing. They have a lot of ideas. But nobody is good operators. Operations are always second because operations aren't sales. And a lot of companies aren't good with operations. And it takes a very seasoned CEO or director to understand that operations are just as important as your marketers and your sales because a lot of these greedy ass CEOs and upper management just look at sales and they don't understand that you need somebody to actually run this shit properly so you don't look like complete jackasses. And so operators, good operators are very important. And so you see a lot of decisions just being made when it comes to the money, the marketing, the opportunity, the sales and so forth. And they never actually run through the whole process. And if they do run through the process, they don't actually care to have other input in there because they're always right, because they're marketing, because whatever plan they cooked up in their boardroom or between their executive branch of people didn't actually take into consideration the customers, the lower levels, the employees, the operations. And it's just such an endemic problem with a lot of organizations that it could be easily fixed if you just had a good operator, paid them money, you would have a better product, a better company. And you wouldn't have to deal with shit like this. Anyway, that's just me coming from around 10 years of executive operations, having to deal with these people and having to justify to all these marketers and sales guys and these CEOs that see something shiny and just trying to collect that money that, yeah, we need time to roll this out. We need, yes, you can ask me questions about why we're doing stuff like this. Yes, yes, we do need to go through dry runs. Yes, these Excel sheets and these procedures are important. Yes, we need accounting practices. <laughs> uh it's frustrating. Voyager Digital, remember Voyager Digital, the lending platform that would give you loans on your collateralized crypto or you just put your crypto or your stable coins into Voyager and they gave you some kind of crazy APY and they went bankrupt and, well, they're pending a deal with Binance.us to sell their assets to them. The SEC came in and said, we object. The judge in this case came in and said, the hell you do. The SEC originally said the reason for objecting to this deal was that it hasn't taken an official position on whether the Voyager's VGX token is a security. Staff at the SEC believe it could be and want to maintain the right to hold the company liable. 
SEC also argued that transactions to return assets to U.S. customers may violate its rules against the sale of unregistered securities, thereby calling Binance U.S. an unregistered securities exchange. Well, the judge, like I said, heard this and said, you have until tomorrow to come up with a more convincing argument against Voyager's restructuring plan or forever hold your peace. I'm very curious to see what the SEC does and what they say and what they will say and if it will convince this judge to stop this whole process. And finally, the SEC shut down this Ponzi-like scheme, this alleged Ponzi-like scheme that was based in Miami. It's called BK Coin Management. And they raised about $100 million from around 55 investors, which is a hell of a lot from 55 investors, by the way. Just a cough up. What is that, around $1.8 million each? Is that how it would work? Anyway, that's a hell of a lot of money to come from 55 investors. Anyway, well, the problem is, is instead of doing what they said they would do with that $100 million, uh, people like Kevin King allegedly misappropriated around $371,000 of investor money to pay for holidays and apartments, falsified documents. And this is, of course, alleged by the SEC. The complaint also alleges that the defendants disregarded the structure of the funds, commingled investor assets, we heard that before, and used more than $3.6 million to make Ponzi-like payments to fund investors. Thank you for listening to this episode of GM. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.